0: So we just had Ascent weekend, which is a weekend for our leaders, our volunteers, Inspire, Engage, Equip, and many of you were there, and it was a fantastic uh, weekend, and uh, Carol and Lloyd shared and taught us on the weekend, and when I booked them for the weekend, I said, how about you stay for Sunday? And I've been begging them to come for for about a year, and finally, the calendars uh, just worked out, and uh, I love Lloyd and Carol's heart for the the collective universal church for mission. Uh, They... Uh, they are able to draw all sorts of people together and uh, create unity and team and common direction together. Uh, they, they are leaders in a ministry called Multiply, which is the missions arm of uh, uh, the, the church family that we are a part of as uh, SunWest. We're part of the MB uh, church family, and Multiply is the MB missions arm. And so they're regional... Oh, you're, mobilizers. 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 You're mobilizers. And so they mobilize <clears throat> short-term, long-term missionaries. Um... And, uh, yeah, build team, equip them, send them out, and, uh, and we need some of that. And so he said, like, come on here and be our guest for the weekend. So I'm going to pray for them, and then I'll, I'll let them take it away. Awesome. So, Father, thanks for Lloyd. Thank you for Carol. And we thank you for uh, the call you have on their lives and uh, how they are able to uh, yeah, just draw people together, uh, not just individuals, Lord, but churches. And we thank you uh, for their ministry that is calling churches to work together uh, t- to bring your kingdom to earth, so that people would know you, uh, and and so, Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for the blessing they are to this church, church community, uh, and we thank you uh, for the opportunity uh, to be, yeah, inspired and encouraged by them this morning. Would you open our hearts uh, for what you want to do in us and through us? In Jesus name,
1: Jesus Amen. name, Amen. Thank awesome. you, Matt. Yeah, we want to thank Matt and for the whole Ascent planning team, and we want to thank our corporate sponsors as well for having us out here at SunWest. This has been fantastic. Carol and I are a team in many ways. We are married. We work together, same office, same agency, and we've been in ministry together even before we've been married. We've been married for 28 years. And we have an absolute privilege of connecting with churches across kind of the central Canada area and connecting them with international workers in 30, 40 different countries around the world doing capacity building, actually helping to plant churches, raise up disciples around the world. It's been awesome. Multiply, just those of you have like this word, what is it? Multiply. It was formerly known as MB Mission. That might mean nothing to you as well, but it's the... It's the international church-planting arm of the Mennonite Brethren Church of Canada and the U.S. And so we partner with churches in all of these areas. And in short, what we do, we just help churches make disciples, plant churches, and make partnerships that make disciples and plant churches. So that's kind of in a nutshell. But we want to say it was a privilege and is a privilege to be here and to work with all of your leaders over the last two days. It's just been so much fun. And I think Carol and I have been encouraged by this community um, you're dynamic. It seems like you actually have a, even a legacy here of reaching your community and reaching your city uh, with, with really dynamic leaders. Like it's not often that you get together to do a church leadership kind of thing like Ascent and for the church this size to have 130 people in the room. It's just like, wow, it was so cool. Some of you may remember uh, a ginger boy named Denver Wilson. He was here uh, years ago. Some of us remember this guy. I just want to say... Denver and generally They've grown up. They're in Winnipeg now where Carol and I are from. He's a good buddy of mine. And they've got twins. They've got a little baby girl, Lark, as well. And he is a lead pastor at a multi-generational church doing really well. And the Canadian conference looked at him and, and has sucked him into a higher uh, level of, of ministry there. And it's like, wow, I can't believe it, because he's my fishing buddy. And I I know, like, we do hand fishing. I don't know, you guys are really high tech here in Calgary. I see people fly fishing, and that's really cool. In the prairies, we just hop into rivers and lakes and just grab them with our hands. And Denver and I have been doing that for a while. It's true,
2: they actually do that. you got (laughs) to check
1: us out on Facebook. It's once a year for sure, we go hand fishing, and it's a a hoot. it's a lot of fun. Anyways, then I was thinking, Matt, he's the assistant moderator of the Canadian conference. Somebody's like, what's that? It's like, these are big wig people making decisions on behalf of Canada. And your former uh, founder, Willie, he was the, the director for a while. I was like, what is going on in this church? You guys are raising up leaders to take over the world. Yeah. Or maybe Canada. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe at least the MB world in Canada. but Whatever. There's some Holy Spirit secret sauce going on in this building for sure. So I just want to say, hey, Carol and I uh, just want to say we fell in love with your church just by working with, like, Kendall and Chris and Matt and Colton and Amanda in preparation for this weekend. So it's been been great. So thank you for just being the church. You're vibrant. You've got a great mix of people from different streams of Christianity, and you're doing it. You're working it together.
2: And we are very excited to um, have Jamie Anderton, uh, who's part of your church community. She's going to be coming on staff with us. She's fundraising right now. Uh, But we are excited about having Jamie actually be on our staff team, but stay here in Calgary, stay at SunWest, and um, just draw out all the good things that are in this church into uh, just our global community as well. Jamie is a woman full of passion, full of the Holy Spirit, and I've given her a new name. She is tenacious, Um, and so I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but I think as we've had opportunity to get to know Jamie over the last six months. It's been opportunity for us to hear story after story about you as a church, as a community, the ways that you have loved her, the ways that you have raised her up to be the woman of God that she is. It's a, a beautiful testimony to you. And so I just wanna say thank you. And I know that she's not the only woman. There are many other men and women that you have discipled, that you have prayed for, that you have raised up who are now blessing the nations. So you have an incredible legacy. Um, so a significant part of our role um, uh, with Multiply is to work with our churches and really connect our churches here in Canada with the work that God is doing around the world. And so we have uh, bring churches, provide many mission opportunities um, all kinds of things from intercession teams, we really count on prayer teams to join us and go and be a part of what God is doing around the world. In fact, uh, I just talked to your prayer coordinator today and would love to have you join me i 'm going in November to Thailand, so hey, if you 've got a couple weeks off at the end of November, uh, talk to me i 'd love to have you come along and be a part of that. Uh, we bring businessmen and pastors just to go and see how God is at work and how they can partner in with God. how God is doing.
1: Business people.
2: Business people. Business people. Sorry about that. Mm. Yes. <laughs> we run all kinds of short-term mission programs. Um, and one of the, our favorites is SOAR programs, where we gather church teams together for... Um, just 10 days in our cities across Canada to engage in what God is doing right in, in um, our Canadian cities. And a lot of the things that we end up doing is we get to meet and be a part of First Nations communities, meet newcomers, all kinds of things. And so it's a real privilege for us to actually work together with our churches and get to know our churches in those kinds of ways. Um so today we are going to be talking about the parable of the soil, soils and uh pers- specifically looking at Mark 3 uh 4 verses 3 to 20.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh We did a little bit of looking at Ephesians uh, as an ascent group before, and then afterwards, as Matt and I were just talking, because, Lloyd, you kind of lost people in the Bible. You weren't doing a really good job there. But when you got into the activities, it was awesome. Like, okay, so guys, by the way, I'm going to do the Bible stuff. Carol's going to do the activity stuff. So if you're like, oh, man, Lloyd's kind of boring, just two points you need to remind us. We're calling this Jesus Yield, so it's got two parts to it. Yield to Jesus... And Jesus will do a yield. It's a harvest message. So those of you that need to go to sleep can go to sleep now. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Mark. Okay? This room we're going to take a look at, uh, at, at Mark 4. And here we got a parable of the soils. And it's just, we're going to read it through. And we're going to just take a short look at it. And may the word actually bless you. If you don't even hear me afterwards, may the word bless you. So here we go. Listen. What do you make of this? A farmer planted seed. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road, and the birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly, but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled among the weeds, and nothing came of it. Some fell on the good earth and came up with a flourish, producing a harvest exceeding his wildest dreams. Are you listening to this? Really listening?
2: When they were off by themselves, those who were close to him, along with the 12, asked about the stories. He told them, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works, but to those who can't see it yet, everything comes in stories, creating readiness, nudging them toward receptive insight. These are people whose eyes are open but don't see a thing, whose ears are open but don't understand a word, who avoid making an about-face and getting forgiven. He continued, do you see how this story works? All my stories work this way.
1: The farmer plants the word. Some people are like the seed that falls on the hardened soil of the road. No sooner do they hear the word than Satan snatches it away, what's been planted in them. And some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there's such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off, difficulty arrives, there's nothing to show for it. The seed cast in the weeds represents the ones who hear the kingdom news But are overwhelmed with worries about all the things they have to do and the things they want to get. The stress strangles what they heard, and nothing comes of it. But the seed planted in the good earth represents those who hear the word, embrace it, and produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. So just allow that story. We've probably heard it before. If you haven't, welcome to the story, the parable of the soils. Where are you found in this? Are you road? Are you gravel? Are you weedy? Are you good soil? Who are you? When Jesus was explaining this to his disciples, he got them together. and he said, hey, I'm telling stories all the time for a reason. And that is he tells stories to get people ready to be receptive, kind of nudging people forward. Because if he said, if I tell them the real stuff, their ears are going to close and their eyes are going to shut because it's hard. It's a hard word. And he was talking to people at an ocean when he was saying this story, and he used an agricultural image. So he's even taking them way out of their, their comfort zone, in a sense, and saying, hey, think about farmers a little bit. Because part of the word is, you might be a road. You might be gravel. You might be weedy. Like, that's hard stuff to really receive. So he's just telling a story, kind of nudging them forward. And the idea is everyone can bear fruit because there's got to be hope in these stories because Jesus is always bringing about hope. And so when I look at the story and I kind of confine myself in different parts of it, different days of the week, different times of the day even, Can Jesus actually take the hard-packedness of me and cultivate it? Can Jesus take my hard heart, my cynicism, my doubts, skepticism, and actually lead me forward in faith in those moments? Or like the rock-picking thing. Can Jesus actually pick rocks out? And that is like sometimes, oh yeah, my, my, my roots go down, but they don't go down very deep. Will Jesus actually stoop down with me And actually, okay, let's start to take some of those rocks out. And what are those rocks? Whether they be addictions, distractions, things that I go to so that I'm avoiding pain. And then the weeds. Can Jesus actually help me when the worries of the world, anxiety, depression, whatever you're dealing with, does Jesus actually come in there and help us out? Because on first reading of the story, it's like, ah, only the good soil bears fruit, and yet we know Jesus' heart. So let's dig into it. Whether you're on the road, the gravel, or the weeds, the parable of what the kingdom of God is about, good soil. And so when you look at a story like this in the scriptures, you've got to say, are there other ones like it? And there are. There's many. Many in Matthew. He talks about many agricultural images. There's one in John that's kind of famous. It's the vine and the branches. And so because people are listening to this and they get to hear him talk about these different stories, it's like, oh, he's talking agriculture again. He's talking agriculture again. What do we know about agricultural images? It takes time. And there are seasons and there are processes. And so when you go through it, it's like, oh, yeah, you've got to cultivate the soil and once that cultivated soil is like kind of mixed up and moved up, then you can put a seed into the ground. Once that seed is in the ground, what happens? It dies to bring about new life. All of a sudden, you can start to see Jesus is hinting at his life, his death. Once it starts to grow, it's like, okay, let's water it. Let's take care of it. And then if it's a vine, like in John chapter, you're going to have to prune it to be more fruitful at some point. And so like in our discipleship, the kingdom of God, there's going to be pruning times as well. But unto what? Unto fruitfulness. So there's some hard times that we're going through. And then finally, there's going to be a fruitfulness moment. And that fruitfulness moment may be, look in different ways for different people. Maybe fruitfulness of people, healing, others coming to Christ, who knows? So could it be, when I asked earlier, like here, what's our role? Or do I... Here we go. What do we do? What's our role in all of this? Like if I'm just soil, my role isn't much. Just come cultivate me, right? But then you have to bring it back into the real world. My role is a yieldedness. Yield to Jesus. Allow the seasons that Jesus has for you to come and engage togetherness with Jesus in these. He wants to cultivate So water, prune, but you've got to yield. It's often meaning surrendering self, surrendering something so that together fruitfulness can abound. <clears throat> Jesus is the most active one in our kingdom. We yield to the Holy Spirit, and then the Spirit speaks to us, prompts us, but we have to be attentive to that little voice. And this process of the kingdom isn't an individual thing only. We do it as a community. I think this weekend we had the benefit of being with some of you. And that was awesome because as a community we listen together. We cultivate the soil with Jesus during those meetings that we had. Seeds were planted. Some of them now need to sit and germinate somewhat. And there might be a season of pruning coming. But Jesus is with us. Jesus is for us. And he's not against us. And so... Very simply, Scripture parts over. Yield to Jesus, there will be a yield. Carol, tell us some stories.
2: So, cultivation is like when um, you, we dig into the soil and we mix it up, turning over the soil, making it soft and malleable so that we can actually plant seeds and, it, and the soil can actually receive the seeds and grow into something beautiful. And every year, and I'm sure you guys experience this on your Mexico trip and all kinds of things that you do, but we have opportunity to see many people encounter Jesus in really significant ways. And it's during these moments where we recognize that Jesus is actually cultivating the soil in their lives. He's preparing the soil so that they can grow in a deeper understanding of this extravagant love that God has for them. But also so that they can grow a deeper understanding of the gifts that God has placed in them, and that they those gifts were placed for a reason and a purpose, and then the Holy Spirit comes and empowers them to use those gifts to impact the world around them. So this morning, I just want to share with you just an opportunity that I had uh, just a couple of months ago where I was speaking uh, to a group of about 200 young adults, and we were uh, on a mission encounter in Winnipeg and it was a Saturday evening I was talking about discerning the voice of God because when we go out on mission God is the one that's actually at work and we want to just join in with what he's already doing in that in that community so it's so important that we can hear the voice of God and just how important it is that we actually know scripture because anything that we hear From God will be in alignment with what He's already told us and taught us in Scripture. But the importance of a community. And how we gather together and God speaks to every one of us. He will give me a little piece of what God is saying. He'll give Lloyd a piece and a number of people in our community a piece of what he's saying. And as we bring those things together, there's something dynamic that happens. And we grow in a deeper understanding of what God is saying. We need one another to be able to hear and understand God. So as I was teaching... Um, I noticed a young woman sitting in the front row, and for some reason, she caught my attention. And I just kept uh, teaching, but in the back of my mind, God was saying to me, "Um, I have something I want to say to this girl tonight. And so, uh, at the end of the evening, um, I just invited the community and said, "Hey, let's pray for this person." A few of the uh, she, everybody was in teams, so their team knew who she was. No one else did. But it was like, we want to be able to hear, hear from God. And so we took some time to listen. We were quiet together. And then slowly, one by one, people uh, came to a mic and just shared, this is, this is what I heard. And uh, it was just beautiful to see the community come together and how God was speaking to the community on behalf of this young woman. And... Um, there were words of redemption and just and this love for her and god just began to move not only within this young woman but god began to move within us as a community he was actually tilling our soil preparing us uh, for something so much greater that he wanted to say to us as a community. But that evening, afterwards, uh, this young woman came up to me, and she said that um, while I was speaking, she, thought, she had this thought running through the back of her mind, this is an absolute waste of my time. Because I would never hear God speak. He would never speak to me. And she said, and I have just been humbled by what God wants to say. He knows me. God knows me. He recognizes me. And so that night, she went back to her team, and they looked at the words that the community had given her. They prayed through them. And she confessed that there were things, there was rocks, there were weeds in her life that needed to be removed. And she became a Christian that night. Mm -hmm. It's just a beautiful opportunity for this young woman, but for us as a community that we got to participate together. It bound us together. So the next night as she shared her story, it was not just for her, but it was for all of us together. Jesus was cultivating the soil in this young woman's heart and began sowing seeds in our community that allowed new growth to happen. Mm-hmm.
1: So sometimes when we are thinking about uh, our walk, our discipleship as an individual or even as a community, sometimes we kind of get stuck at a starting line. Oh, we, we celebrate when someone becomes a Christian. Sarah became a Christian. And you got to celebrate that moment because the reality is, oh, man, Sarah, welcome to starting line. Life is going to get hard. Welcome to Christianity 101, right? Like, there's this beautiful moment where there's, there's cultivation. The seed is sown in your life, and Christ comes, and it germinates, and a new DNA comes about. But we really recognize that there's a tension, and that is, God's kingdom is coming to earth as it is in heaven. And so there's this tension, and that is, a new kingdom reality is coming, and God has asked us to join him in that. And so as it germinates, it's like all of a sudden you become a stranger in the land in some ways, and that is your thoughts, who you are, become, in a sense, eternity thinkers, livers, lovers. And that is Jesus is with us now unto something else that's happening here. And when that happens, you start to grow, and there's new, and growing is fun, but some of us get growing pains, and there's stretching that goes on. And then the Lord loves us so much. He's going to prune. He's going to actually help us to become even more fruitful. And so we know that we need to be walking with Sarah's youth leader, probably, as that discipleship journey goes, because at some point, there's going to be the really hard times, but unto a fruitfulness. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so the kingdom growing cycle takes time, but the results of a well-tended garden are worth the wait. Um, Today we have a growing conference of MB churches in Thailand that isn't just Thai churches, but it includes Burmese churches, Laotian, and now Cambodian churches all coming together. Uh, Three families of missionaries were sent in the year 2000 um, they're very young there. <laughs> you might recognize Dave and Louise, who your uh, church supports. Um, but we sent them to, in 2000, to actually join in what God was already doing in Thailand. So when they first moved there, they had very young families. They had to learn a really complicated language and raise a family in a new culture. And so each family hired house help. And as they built relationship with these women, these house helpers in their homes, they shared their faith, their lives with them. They shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, as our Thailand missionaries were praying for open doors of the gospel in Thailand, God began to move in the lives of these women that were in their home, their house helpers. And they were filled with a love and a passion. Uh, These women came to faith and they were filled with a love and a passion to see their families, see their communities actually come to know Jesus, this extravagant God that loved them and pursued them and was giving them new life. And so these house helpers became the first church planters. And today... um, Pastor Nat, who was Louise's house help, is now overseeing all church planting that's happening in Thailand. And Gunnigan, Karen's house helper, she um, now oversees the orphanage, four homes of orphans uh, in Thailand, in Chamboree. And she is the spiritual grandmother of hundreds of people. God moves in just these amazing and surprising ways. Both the churches and orphanages in Thailand were growing and uh, young church plants were happening. But there was a season of pruning that came along. A season of tension because they, as a team, they said, we came to meet to do a, join God in what he is doing in Thailand with the Thai people. But all of a sudden, they recognized Burmese people were coming to faith. And they were cha- uh, planting Burmese churches, Laotian and Cambodian churches. And so they're like, what do we do? And as they worked through that tension, God actually helped them to recognize that they needed to separate. And now, instead of being one team of three families, they've separated to three different areas, and they have three um, teams growing churches in all of these areas, and now there's a a conference developing, Mm -hmm. and our our missionaries are now capacity-builders coming alongside those national leaders and just really helping to launch what God is laying on their hearts. And we want to say thank you to you as a church. You have been a significant part of this journey. You've supported Dave and Louise. You've prayed for them. You've sent teams to go and join in what God was doing in Thailand. And so we say thank you. We can't do this on our own. We need one another. We are a community. We are a global body. And God calls every single one of us. If you have a prayer card on your fridge and you are praying for a missionary, I just want to say thank you and I want to say to you, your prayers are making a difference. Your prayers are bringing about transformation around the world. We are all called. You and I, every one of us sitting in this room, we are all called to be a part of what God is doing in Thailand, what he's doing in Calgary, and around the world. And so we recognize you are a church of leaders, and you are participating in what God is doing in significant ways. So thank you.
1: That's my wife. (laughs) (laughs) It's Not all our stories have these, like, whoa, big growth things that happen right away, like the Thailand story. It's fantastic what's happening in Southeast Asia. But like the parable and the agricultural model, sometimes it's a slow grow. So over 10 years ago, um, uh, as part of the MB mission, now Multiply Leadership, they really sensed a call to uh, Asia, to say it, and so uh, a team was getting assembled to go, and a prayer team went ahead of them and just started doing some intercession and discernment. discernment. Um, and some seeds did get sown when we finally sent the team, and Carol's going to share about that. But fruitfulness sometimes doesn't happen like the Thai story. It's a slower perk. So why don't you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, so it was about six years ago, we um, were once again sending three families to, and they'd been in uh, learning language and discerning what kind of, what part of the uh, country is God calling them to go to. So they identified a a city and... And just really since God was calling them and just could see how he was leading them in that direction. And Lloyd and I had an opportunity a couple of times to go with intercession teams and join them in praying for their city. But probably the most significant for us is that we, before they moved to the city, we went for just 12 hours. We flew in in the morning uh, with a couple of our workers and uh, we knew that God was calling us to go and help cultivate the land, prepare this, spiritually prepare this place for what it is that he wanted to do, uh, was inviting them to be a part of there. So we um, prayed throughout the city. We drove up on a mountainside and um, looking out over the city and just really uh, sensed that God was at work in a significant way. And... um, in us as we prayed and just really we shared communion together and just had a sense of Jesus went to the cross for these people that Jesus loves the people in the city and just this passion just grew within us and God just placed within us this love for these people But as we stood on this mountain, we could see in the distance there was a line of dark clouds just rolling in towards us. And so uh, after praying together, having communion together, we um, went down the mountain and into the city. And by the time we got into the city, there was just hail coming down. And it was just this dynamic storm. And gave us a bit of a word that this was going to be a storm. A bit of a spiritual battle. And that God was calling this team to go and primarily pray. Pray for the people. Pray for the city. So they brought over the... They were in the city for three years. They brought teams from all over the world to come and join them. And they they took a map of the city and they went through every area. Laying seeds, prayers, um, And we we have uh, just this map, and we just trust that even though after three years, they lost their visas and could no longer be there, there is now a small church that's uh, still in the city, but it's challenging. It's hard. But I think that this is the way um, prayer in particular, we are invited to go and pray. It's like God is saying, go plant the seeds of prayer. Scatter the seeds, scatter them far and wide, pray, trust me, join in what I am doing through prayer and intercession, because that is the first thing. But then we actually have to step back and trust God, because he's the one that will bring about life. He's the one that will bring those seeds, those prayers to life, bringing about transformation. So this isn't the last we've heard of this city. God is at work doing something amazing. And someday, we'll be able to come back and tell you the story. Maybe someday, you will join Lloyd and I on an intercession team to go back and continue to pray.
1: So in conclusion, uh, the story of, of Sarah uh, during that SOAR program, it just reminds us that Jesus is cultivating soil in our hearts and that this, this gospel seed germinates. It brings about new life, and there's like a new DNA that's growing up. Thailand reminds us, too, that there is, uh, to be more fruitful, Jesus sometimes needs to actually prune us, like this dynamic team of three couples had this dynamic ministry, but then they needed to kind of be separated, and that was a hard process at the time, but now out of those three teams is incredible fruitfulness. Again, there was a pruning, but unto fruitfulness. And now in Thinking, oh, wow, this cultivation process, it takes time, it takes heart, it takes faith, and it takes hope. Like, is there going to be something that's going to come about? And so for us today, what about you and me? How are we doing? What kind of soil are we today? What stage of the, of the kingdom cycle are we in? So just leave that kind of hanging, allow me to pray, and then we're going to have some time to worship. So just pray with me. Jesus, cultivate my life. Cultivate my community. This week, Lord, help us to be good soil, and that is to just yield to you, to your word. We desire to be cultivated, to receive you deeply into our lives, to die to self, to connect with your death and resurrection. We ask for you germinate new life in us, germinate new life in our teams, our communities, our families, and feed us, water us, help us to grow. Give us humility to receive pruning and help us to receive it as love, as a loving touch from a heavenly father, from a good gardener. And Lord Jesus, we ask that you produce a harvest, a yield of faith, hope, and love. Amen.